Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham, Scott, alongside, as always, hello, Scott. Sean, how's it going? It's going pretty well. How about you? I uh, I found this booklet of uh, notes that I took, and now I've got the task of trying to decipher them all. Okay, what were these notes in reference to? I, I don't even know. Oh, these aren't <laughs> even all my notes. Whose notes are they? Oh, they're they're notes about our softball team. Oh, interesting. That's right. That's right. Uh, I got lineups here for a doubleheader back in June. All right, I believe that was a, a split to that night for us. As they that was a, a split. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, tough one, but uh, yeah, you know, good memories. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the season is now over for us in softball. Scott, the last time we spoke, we were about to play in the third place game. Turned out not to be the third place game. And it turns out that I didn't play for our team the whole game. It was an interesting evening at the old ball. An interesting evening. But Sean, as you put it, I think we just claim the bronze medal and say we did it. It's it's all good. I think so. Bronze medal. Nothing wrong with that should be proud yeah we also finished third on that uh, list that came out a couple weeks ago essentially we've determined that we're the team gushu of curling podcast and uh, i'm good with that yeah and uh it feels good right feels right yeah absolutely so uh as we turn our attention now to this upcoming curling season games have already started to take place there was the curling stadium event there was the under 25 next gen event Uh, There's been events in Oslo. Uh, Caitlin Laws, her team, were there. So we thought we would revisit our annual tradition that we haven't done in a couple of years of looking at team schedules and breaking them down, uh, what teams are doing as they prepare for that season to champions in January and February with all eyes, of course, eventually on those world championships and see who will play in those, of course, For this exercise, we do look primarily and uh, this year exclusively at the Canadian teams in part to see where teams are playing, but also based off of TV events, the non-TV events, and they don't have the same commitments in the fall, certainly as the European or the Asian teams. Well, I guess the Asian teams did with the packs no longer going on, but with the European teams, most of them, of course, have to go home for the Euros that take place in November. So a little different uh, scheduling priorities for the Canadian team. So Scott, I think it's always fun to look at this at the start of the season. Yeah, it's always uh, fun to see, you know, which teams have picked out events to try and qualify for Grand Slams versus the teams that pretty much have already qualified. They're going to be there, but they still have to put an asterisk uh, on their schedule saying uh, pending qualification. Uh, it's interesting to see that some teams, uh, like you say, with new teams having formed, we could take a look at their upcoming schedules to gauge how it's going to be different or the same from, uh, years past. So it's, it's an interesting way to look at it. Uh, you can, you can tell which teams are very comfortable with their position, which teams 
will be trying to fight to get as many points as they can in the first year mm-hmm. uh, where, where they're able to get into the grand slams and then sort of build that momentum going into the, the years that matter, shall we say? Yeah. Cause this year doesn't really matter for anything, especially now with the no Canada cup on the schedule this year, of course, the first year of a quad, the Canada cup was only a guaranteed entry into the pre-trials, but without even that this year, there really is absolutely no connection to the Olympic games with this season coming up. So this really is a chance for the teams to test things out, learn how their dynamics are. Obviously you want to win, but it is part of the growing process here. And we have some new events on the schedule this year, the curling stadium events. We have the points bet spiel. So more TV things going on and a lot of players trying to mix into their mixed doubles commitments. So I have to try to find balance to figure out when they're going to play in those events too. Mm-hmm. So uh, it really is a loaded up schedule here for the fall. And we are only looking at the fall because when the teams announced, they basically stop at their provincial playdowns. And that's basically it. Uh, all those yep. events, of course, have the asterisks on them that they do require qualification. Now, before we get into some of these schedules, Scott, there was the announcement made by the World Curling Federation over the weekend that there is a change in how the points are going to be calculated for the world team rankings. Mike McEwen was not too pleased with this, uh, called it a, quote, shit show, hashtag shit show. Uh, that's how you know he's serious. Uh, I, I could see his point that uh, a change in how the points are being calculated, being released in September, as teams have not only already committed to schedules, but also have already played events, and the changes will revert back to events that have already been played. Ultimately, the thing that's changing is the event strength of field qualifier is being rounded down to the nearest 0.5 and that will obviously affect some of the teams i believe there's also a change scott in how carryover points from the previous season will hold uh there was concern that hey if you won the final grand slam if you won the world championship those points didn't carry as long as a cash spiel event point would in September because it was like a five or six month carryover, whatever it was. So that is now going to change. Those points from the end of season events will carry on a little longer. They also have provisions in place for new teams and how long you can carry in your points from the previous season. They also have a specific formula for five person teams, depending on what the rotation is within the five-person team in terms of whose points will be added for all that stuff. Ultimately, Scott, does any of this make any sense to you as just a a fan in terms of following it and and trying to keep track of it? And two, is this something that it seems so egregious that people should be upset about it? I think for players that uh, follow these numbers and sort of plan out their schedules as we're going to talk about maybe based on which events can net them the most points, right? Which events have the highest uh, strength of field multipliers. Uh, Yeah, it's, it's not great. It doesn't seem to me like anything is going to change like a whole lot 
I mean, you can tell me if I'm wrong, right? So that, yeah, we'll we'll have to see. Uh, one of the things they also did was to make sure that the world championships and the Olympic Games and the Grand Slam events all have a set strength of field multiplier uh, yes. to ensure the highest profile events for the sport bring the most world ranking points, which that's the part that I can understand the teams being upset about because they're playing in other events to try and get into these events to like to try and qualify for grand slams and worlds uh, and not having the opportunity for every team to get to that kind of event uh, is pretty tough. Yeah. So I think from a player perspective, yes, from a fan perspective, we shouldn't really care. Yeah, it'll change things on the margins. Potentially, a team could get hosed here or there in terms of getting into a slam. There is the potential that that could happen. But yeah, as, as, from the fan perspective, I don't think it's it's super critical. Uh, I do like that uh, with the set point events at the Players' Championship is a 10, as is the World Championship. And then the Masters National and the Open are 9, and the Tour Challenge and the Champions Cup are at 8. I understand why the Champions Cup is an 8. Uh, if you could explain to me the difference between the Players' Championship, the Masters, the National, and Open, why that should be different, please. Uh, I'm all ears on that. Uh, national Championships, maximum of nine points. Euros, Pan-Continental, maximum of nine, uh, or not points, excuse me, of the, the multiplier, strength of field multiplier. So that's kind of how it goes. A tour spiel, the max multiplier will be a seven. And uh, a lot of the events that we're going to talk about today will be seven so uh yeah so there's some for the teams to worry about uh not great it's one of these things too where the players and the respective overseeing bodies whether the wcf or in canada curling canada usa curl uh there is a lot of friction there between a lot of the high-end players and these associations and i think this is just another example of that the players want more of their voice to be reflected in these types of decisions. Yeah, yeah, that that's what the frustration is. It's wanting f- for the voices to be heard. Mike McEwen obviously feels like it's it's not happening right now. So uh, yeah. I think that's where the frustration is. Yeah. Well, with that, let's talk about uh, where teams are going to play. So I've pulled the schedules of six teams with uh, very different priorities, I think, for this upcoming season. Uh, And in some cases, we're going to look back at what they've done in the past and what is different, what is new, and what is common amongst all six of these teams. So, Scott, let us start with the very new-look Team Homan. And this year, for 2022-2023, they're going to play in eight events, five what I'm calling TV events which means they're going to be on a broadcast television. And then three events that are not going to be on broadcast television. One of them coming up this weekend out in Edmonton, the Savile Shootout. Then they're playing the Autumn Gold Classic in Calgary and the Red Deer Curling Classic, uh, the former at the end of October, finishing on Halloween, the latter from the 18th of November through the 21st. Then you have the big events uh, of the slams there, as well as uh, what they're calling the Curling Canada Invitational. They are sponsored by CoolBet. So that uh, that explains that. Uh, So eight events total before you get to the Ontario Provincial Playdowns in 
January, they are taking a week off before the provincial playdowns after the open slam. So it's got eight events for Team Holman. New team, obviously, going to figure it out how it's going to go with Tracy calling the game, Rachel throwing last. Uh, do you think this is a good number of events for them? Yeah, looking at the the schedule, what stands out to me, uh, obviously the number of events is good. They're going to need to uh, have some time to gel a bit, <clears throat> excuse me, on the ice and figure out the dynamic of, of the new team. So it's good to see them getting into a lot of events. They are staying mostly in the West. That That's to be expected, I guess, uh, with most of them living further West. But uh, the only reason they come back to Ontario is for uh, Grand Slam events or the Ontario Provincials. Uh, so that's something that sticks out to me about this. What about you? Yeah, every event that isn't a TV event is in Alberta that they're playing and uh, everything else is sort of you're governed based on where those events are and, and they're the biggest high profile events. So you're going to play in them. Uh, so, yeah, so Fredericton, North Bay, uh, Oakville. And then, of course, as you say, coming back to Ontario for the playdowns. But it makes sense. That's where that's where they live. So uh, you're going to be in yeah. Alberta. It, it just from even just a cost perspective. It's the cheapest thing to do is to fly Emma and Tracy to Alberta. It's that, that's the more most economical way to set your schedule. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it, it makes a lot of sense. That's where the big events are going to be. Uh, are you a little surprised there's no, you know, Stu Sells event or a similar style event uh, in Ontario? No, I, I'm not. Uh, so last year they played in the Sherwood Park event from the right. uh from september 17th to 21st or something i feel like that type of event gets sacrificed for the points bet spiel uh for that yeah. invitational so that that's kind of the trade-off that you have there so that it just kind of makes sense to me uh that that's something that's you're gonna you're gonna drop there and again to, to go play in oakville or toronto I, I, they all have to travel there, right? Like it's, it's a, even for Emma, that's, that's a bit of a ways to go. And when you have enough other events that you can play in, I don't know if there's really a benefit to it. Okay. Yeah. I, I just a little curious uh, from my glancing at the schedule, Sean, not related to the schedule. What do you think of team Holman's logo, their new logo? I like it. Uh, I, I really do like it. It's so it's a T and an H together. Uh, so the the left, as you look at the left half of the H is the T, and then the right line of the H is the Peace Tower and Parliament Hill. Uh, so really leaning into their Ottawa roots, Scott. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, curious to me. Uh, <laughs> Why? I, I, well, I don't know if like it, are they trying to legitimize that they're truly the Ontario team like is, yeah probably that's uh, it, it's a little strange to me but it is nice like a, a pretty cool logo I like uh, when teams come up with different uh, different ways to represent themselves and uh, they're, the they're, uh, they're almost in the shadow of the Peace Tower if you walk 30 seconds out of the Ottawa Curling Club where they are ostensibly playing out of you can see the Peace Tower yeah, I know that. Uh, <laughs> um, 
but uh anyway i i just wanted your thoughts on it it's it's also within a maple leaf yes uh the the th logo so uh really cool and canadian of them anyway yeah and uh their schedule is over rachel holman's face in their uh, and the Twitter image they decided to use. A very determined Rachel Homan in the midst of a shot. That's true. So uh, there you have it. Team Homan's schedule for the 2022-2023 season. Let's go on to another experienced skip who is bringing in a new lineup. That's Kevin Cooey, Scott. 22-23 schedule. Of course, bringing in Tyler Tardy to play third. And Brad Thiessen and Carrick Martin on the front end. They are also going to play in eight events prior to the Alberta Playdowns coming up in February. They're going to play in five TV events, the same five TV events as Team Holman's, that being the Points Bet Invitational and the Slams. For their non-TV events, they are playing in the Okotoks Classic out there in Okotoks, Alberta. They're going to play in an event at the start of November in Penticton, and then the Red Deer event in November 18th to the 21st. So similar to Team Homan, they are not going to come east other than for TV events, but they're also going to Penticton, which makes sense for Tyler Tardy. Also makes sense when we talk about some of the other teams who are going to be playing in that event. So uh, Scott, again, really focused here on the TV events for these guys. This will really be Tyler Tardy's first time automatically getting into these events. Obviously, he's played in slams here and there. This will be his first time playing the full slate. Yeah, and I like what they've done here, uh, loading up on events similar to Team Holman uh, in the fall, because as you said, it's a new lineup. Uh, it's going to be a new dynamic. We saw Kevin Cooey's team struggle uh, coming out of the shoot uh, last time they made a big shakeup. So, um it's good for them to get some matches under their belts. I also like that there's no back-to-back weeks except for uh, the first one with the Okotoks and then the points bet spiel. Uh, so they've got a week, at least a week off in between everything. I, I think that's smart. Uh, so you're you're pushing yourself to get better as a team, but also not burning yourself out uh, leading up to those playdowns in February. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, another sort of interesting note from... Kevin Cooey, uh, in 2020, of course, we can't really take anything from 2022 uh, too much as a gospel in terms of schedule making, but he did play in or was scheduled to play at least in Okotoks, Penticton, and Red Deer. So these are three spiels that he's played in before. Uh, And you see this a lot where people find the spiels that they like on those cash spiels, and they're just going to go back to them over and over again. Uh, And that's the case here with Cooey playing in those three events that he's played in before. Yeah, and that event in Penticton is quite good, right? Uh, it seems yes. like it's gotten bigger and better uh, every year the last couple of years, and uh, the field is quite strong. So uh, no, it'll be a seven. Like it, it'll be a seven on the multiplier. Like I yeah. think it'll max out for sure. Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, let's uh, move on to another team that is newly formed, coming together first season together. That's Caitlin Laws. And her team, of course, Caitlin Laws is pregnant as well, which potentially throws a wrench into some of these plans. But as Rachel Homan demonstrated, uh, 
you can have a baby and come back and win stuff very quickly. Uh, of course, if you take time off too, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that either. So I'll have to see what Caitlin Laws decides for herself moving forward over the course of the season. But their schedule has 10 events on it. The five TV events, of course, of the slams and the points bet. But they have already played their first event. They traveled over to Oslo, Norway for the Oslo Cup at the start of September. They're also playing in Winnipeg from September 14th to the 18th. The Autumn Gold, that'll probably be a seven multiplier as well. Uh, that event's in Calgary. They're going to head out to Halifax for the stew cells there. The DeKalb Spiel in Morris, Manitoba, that'll be close to a seven at DeKalb Spiel as well. And then uh, that leads them into the Manitoba Scotties at the end of January. Scott, this is the most travel that we've seen from anybody who we've talked about so far. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they are in all those Grand Slams, like you mentioned. It's a lot of travel. Uh, they played really well in Norway, Sean. They uh, they uh, lost in the final to Team Hasselberg. Uh, but pretty uh, strong showing from uh, this first-year team. I like that they're getting their feet under them uh, early while they still can. Uh, and then, you know, we'll, we'll see how the Manitoba Scotties goes. But again, like you said, this is, what is this nine events you said or 10? 10. 10. 10 events. That's it's a lot. Uh, it's a lot of curling, a lot of travel, as you mentioned. Uh, going out or down east to, to Halifax is probably. Uh, I, it's not something that we're going to see from all these teams uh, going east, but uh, glad to see it. And uh, if they're just trying to get as much time together on the ice as possible, then they've accomplished it with this. We'll, we'll just have to see if they run out of gas a little bit come come February. Well, they do have a lot of time off uh, from that Halifax spiel. Uh, that ends on November 13th, and then they're taking a couple weeks off not playing again until the DeKalb spiel. So they get that break in there and then a month uh, over uh, Christmas from the 10th uh, if they make the final of the Masters until the Open starts. So they do have a couple long breaks in there as we head into the back half of the season. I should also note too that when we say for all three of these teams we talked about so far, the number of events, that doesn't include their provincial playdowns, the Players' Championship or the Champions' Cup. So add at least three for all of them. Uh, with yeah. maybe some of them don't qualify for the Champions Cup, uh, it's possible. And then they'll probably all be at the Scotties uh, and the Briar if we keep the three wildcard teams, which I don't think, I don't know if that's been formally announced yet, uh, if they're returning to the old format or not. But uh, that that's something to keep an eye on too. So yeah, these are pretty loaded schedules. Yeah, so far uh, pretty loaded. Pretty loaded, but uh, a lot of new teams, right? So you need yeah. to spend some time together on the ice. Yeah. I'll also note, too, in terms of how they're doing the asterisks, is just the asterisks update here. So Team Holman had an asterisk next to the Scotties and the World Championships for whether or not they would actually play in them, as well as the Champions Cup. That's where they put their asterisks. For mm. Team Cooey, an asterisk next to all of the slams and then the Briar and the world championship as well. So they're not calling their shot as much as Rachel Holman is. 
Yeah. Do you think it's because Tyler doesn't have as many points that he's bringing to the team? It's possible. It's possible. Uh, or they're just, uh, you know, really cautious. Don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Don't want to. They don't want to brag too much about, hey, guys, we're definitely getting in this event. So. But Caitlin Laws, no asterisks at all. They're planning everything. <laughs> yeah. That's confidence. They, they, I like it. Yeah. It's confidence. They don't list the world championships, but uh, they get the Scotties <laughs> on. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess they don't think they're going to win. They'll, quali- they'll play in it. Uh, not, not time to win it yet. Scotties. They're not going to qualify. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So, uh, so that's a little update there on where things stand. All right, let's go over to another team that is new for the season, but all players have a lot of experience. That is Team Carruthers. And oh my goodness, they are fully loaded as well. Uh, I should note they also did not put the world championship on their schedule uh, as a potential must-qualify event. They do have the Briar on there as a must-qualify, though. And that's actually, I believe, uh, that and the Champions Cup are their only two uh, asterisk spiels that they have. But there are 11 events, the five TV spiels before and after Christmas, before the season of Champions. Uh, for their non-TV schedule, they're playing uh, this week, this upcoming week, at the Curling Stadium, Alberta Curling Series Major. Uh, there's one too many words in that uh, name. Uh, but that's going on out in Leduc. They're playing at the Okotoks Spiel. They're also going to play in the Penticton Spiel and the Red Deer Spiel. Uh, they're also going to be at the DeKalb Spiel in Morris, Manitoba. And then uh, the beauty is uh, they're going down to Tempe, Arizona to play in that Ed Wernick Golden Wrench Classic, which uh, from all accounts, uh, it's, it's, you know, you want to win, but I don't think that's why you're there from all accounts. So, uh, that's always a, just a good time for those teams to be in Arizona in January. Yeah. Yeah. That looks like, uh, the, oh boy, guys, we haven't played since, uh, early January and our playdowns are coming up soon. Let's, let's shake the rust off a bit, but, uh, you're right, Sean, this is a loaded, loaded schedule. Yeah. That's a lot of events. Uh, I know that Gunner has a lot of energy, uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, even just out of the gate between now and a month from now, they're playing in four events. Yeah. Like that's, that's a lot. That's, that's a lot of curling, right? It is. Now the points bet, the points bet invitational, right? It's not like a regular spiel. You could be one and done uh, in that one. And it won't be the grind of, you know, four games and then maybe playoffs. So right. maybe they're like, ah, we'll just pack in a few more just to see. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, maybe. But I, I should know. I, I And someone hopefully can uh, like correct me because I, I can't get it on the spot. But I believe somebody has arranged in Fredericton for every team that loses their first game at that invitational at one of the clubs, they're having something for them ah, uh, so okay. for those uh, i guess 16 teams that lose in the first round there's going to be something going on for them uh, locally so it won't i won't be a pure one and done i don't think uh if that is in fact the case but yeah this is a ton a ton of games uh, with not too much geographic uh, commonality here there they are traveling for this 
like they're playing in that DeKalb super spiel uh, that ends on December the 5th. So if they make the final of that, they're in Morris, Manitoba on the 5th. The Masters starts on the 6th of December in Oakville. So like mm-hmm. this is going to be a lot of travel here. Uh, they're playing in uh, mostly in the West, though, in the, the events that they are choosing. So mm-hmm. it, it's sort of not crazy, but uh, it, it, it's a lot to uh, to take in for them, I think. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, it is a lot of travel, but uh, as as you mentioned, I think these are like the. There's no event here that makes you go, "Why are they playing in that?" Right? Like, yeah. I think everything makes sense. Maybe, maybe the Ed Wernick one, but I think we, you know, you want to go to Arizona in January. That's yeah, uh, Scott. <laughs> anyone who spent a winter on the prairies, the Tempe, Arizona spiel in January, no one's wondering why. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, uh, those, uh, those January days get pretty old, pretty fast. Uh, so, you know, no, no one's going to turn up, uh, an eye at that. So, uh, a, a lot of games to be played though for team Carruthers. Sean, uh, I asked you about team Holman's logo. Uh, I yeah. haven't asked you about any of the others because they're not that interesting, but, uh, team Carruthers logo. What do you think of that? It's got I'd, the, the buff- yeah. buffalo inside the stylized maple leaf. Yeah, I I don't. The thing I don't know if I like about it is the blue. Ah, that's all. And I assume that's a Princess Auto thing as their principal sponsor. So it really works with their jerseys. Also, is the Mm. Buffalo facing the wrong way? Not the wrong way, but like would not be better (laughs) if the Buffalo is facing the other way, like kind of going with the Maple Leaf. Because right now it feels like the Buffalo is like running against the maple leaf and they're like clashing in the middle hmm uh, i see what you mean but uh to make sure that people know it's a buffalo i think it had to be that way yeah all right that's fair i mean it's not bad by any means no no i i kind of i kind of like it but uh when when it's carruthers it's that's like a lot of letters to put in your it is in your logo but there's not much you can do about it right like uh, I guess he go. changes his name. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, so. it's fewer letters than Gunlickson. <laughs> so. You're right. You're right. So it's winning. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> Who's next? All right. Uh, let's move on. Then I got. Uh, we're going to finish up with a couple teams here uh, that uh, don't have the big five TV spiels before the season of champions on their schedule and that they are unlikely to get invites to them. So let's start with Team Galusha, who did get the invite to the Points Bet Invitational out in Fredericton, New Brunswick. We've talked about them in the past when we have done these schedule breakdowns. They are, of course, in the interesting situation of being in the north, so it does take a little more of a commitment to travel to the south, both in terms of time and the finances of it. But they are going to play in five events, potentially six if they qualify for the tour challenge it'd be tier two for them in all likelihood Uh, they will play in that in grand prairie but five events uh, obviously as i said the points bet as their tv event so they are also going to be playing in the savile shootout in edmonton coming up this weekend and then they are going to be playing in uh, kemptville ontario at the end of october Red Deer at the middle of November. 
uh, Stu Sells in Brantford, Ontario at the start of December. So Scott, these read to me as separate distinct trips to the South, but what's your take on this schedule? Yeah, that's what it looks like to me too, which seems strange, right? You'd think that you'd want to get two events in out of one trip, at least. I do think they're being flown to the points bet event, right? Like I think transportation's paid for everyone uh, to get there. So, you know, I guess not a lot of worry about that. And then if they fail to qualify for the Grand Slam, then they're not back again till the end of October, which, you know, that that makes some sense uh, to the event in Kempville. Sean, I'm not going to be around. Will you be able to go to that event? Potentially. We're, we're production meeting on the air. Uh, okay. That... <laughs> yeah, I guess. Okay, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that is, that's pretty local for us. That could be fun. You can use my car. Um, <laughs> so, and, and then to go to Red Deer, like it's not that far or that costly from Yellowknife to Red Deer uh, or to, to Edmonton at least. And then a drive sure. there. So yeah, but they all do look like, specific uh trips which i would have thought they'd try to cluster a bit more yeah but they're all with the exception of uh, fredericton obviously they're all a direct flight for them right like there's direct flights to ottawa and then a quick drive to kempville as you say direct flight to edmonton so in terms of building out the schedule that way uh to not have multiple flights kind of makes sense yeah, I guess that's true. So right. uh, they're sort of picked for the a- availability of flights. Yeah. 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 Okay. And I think it's a, a good number of events. It's not too much. Uh, we know that Carrie uh, had some health problems with her back. Was it last year or her knee? I thought Something it was like knee, that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so, uh, you know, you don't want to overload too much. In all likelihood, they're going to be at the Scotties. Uh, they will qualify out of Northwest Territories, uh, barring something crazy. So uh, better to, you know, build your schedule around some stuff that you know you can do and not try to push too hard. Like we see some of the other teams uh, mm-hmm. that have new, new faces to try and try and blend in in the fall. Try to figure out their dynamic. This team's uh, pretty well set and can just play the events to get a taste and try and make some money knowing that they'll be there uh, come February. And we should note too, that the Northwest territories playdowns are much earlier than a lot of the other associations across the country. They're in January 11 to the 16th. The Manitoba ones, I think start late to January for the women, February for the men. So they have to set their schedule a little differently based mm-hmm. off of that so they're kind of fast forward a couple of weeks when it comes to the play downs for them compared to everyone else across the country so that's a bit of a wrinkle uh in, in that other teams will be playing in the slam i think the open while the northwest territories play downs are taking place up there in beautiful inuvik yeah yeah that's a, a trek as well it is it is uh scott yeah. in terms of logos what do you think of their logo it's uh coat of arms of sorts with the curling stone on top of it, the brooms cross behind it. And uh, the coat of arms is just the Northern lights. 
Yeah, I really like it. Uh, I think it looks pretty cool. Uh, maybe we're a bit biased having that curling stone in their logo because because uh, <laughs> of ours. Yeah. Uh, but I, I really like it. And the Northern Lights look super cool uh, on the field of the coat of arms, I guess. Yeah, I like it. All right. Uh, in terms of Asterix watch, uh, they have the tier two event and the Scotties as the Asterix on there. Also didn't put the world championship uh, on their uh, schedule. Yeah, so Sean, they also chose to use two asterisks instead of just one. Yes, they did. Want to make sure it's very clear that it's pending qualification. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. All right. Let's move on to our final team that we're going to talk about here. Uh, the 2022-2023 schedule for Team Gauthier. A new look team here with, of course, Jacques Gauthier picking up the fellas who used to play with Tyler Tardy. Ten events on their schedule. Only one quote-unquote TV event. And it's not really even a TV event in that it is the Tour Challenge Tier 2 that they have listed on their schedule, uh, which is probably accurate. I don't think they'd be able to get enough points to get up into Tier 1 by October. But they are... uh, all over the place here uh, in Western Canada. They're not coming to Ontario or East uh, at all this season. Uh, they have already played in the under 25 next gen classic, which took place in Edmonton. Then they're playing this weekend in Leduc, Alberta. They'll be out at Okotoks at that event. Then they're taking a few weeks off playing at a spiel in Abbotsford. Then maybe the tier two, of the tour challenge, then an event in swift current, then the big Penticton spiel, then the red deer spiel. And then they're playing as well. Dawson Creek, British Columbia before heading back to Manitoba for the DeKalb super spiel. So there's a lot uh, of events here, Scott, uh, kind of going back and forth across the prairies all winter here for team Goche. Yeah. 11 events. This is a, a team that is, you know, sort of the prototype when we think of like who's going to be trying to get points to be able to qualify in those uh, TV events, right? They they obviously yeah. don't have any spots locked up right now, even still looking to qualify for that tier two tour challenge. So they're going to be on the ice just pounding it for points, trying to get as many points as they can to maybe be able to qualify for these grand slams. It's going to be tough. But uh, they know it, and because of that position, that's why they're playing so much. Uh, mm-hmm. They're playing out of BC for for provincial playdowns, uh, so maybe a bit of an easier path than well, definitely easier than if they were in Manitoba. But uh, yeah. uh, they they should be a real uh, team to watch in in the playdowns there in BC. Uh, so yeah, I, I like the schedule for this team. Uh, they're doing what they should be doing, given that uh, they're sort of starting with less than the other teams we've talked about. Yeah, so for them, the Spiels and Okotoks, probably the Okotoks might be the most important one in terms of setting up something like the the Tour Challenge yeah. for them. And then Penticton and Red Deer are going to be really important for them to, uh, hopefully for their sakes, they get a, a pretty good draw early in those events and then get a couple wins under their belt and get some points banked for the rest of the season. Cause those are going to be the big multipliers for them. Uh, they also have on their schedule, the BC men's open play down uh, that they're not even taking a automatic berth into the provincials 
for granted here. They have the provincials as a pending qualification. Didn't list the briar at all. Uh, so they might have to play in that event in uh, early, mid-December just to get in to those British Columbia men's provincials in January. I should note, too, they are also playing in that Golden Wrench Classic in Tempe down uh, in the end of January, which could be the end of their season. Uh, if they haven't qualified for the Briar and don't have enough mm-hmm. points for anything else, that 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 would be it for them. Yeah, yeah, that could be it. So, um, you know, we'll uh, we'll see. They they played in the Next Gen Classic uh, already, uh, mm-hmm. lost out before the uh, before the playoffs on that, before the championship round. So, you know, up and down start to the year, but uh, something to build on. It takes time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It takes time. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. They're, oh, they're playing out of Victoria. Huh. Hmm. Why not? Interesting. Lovely place. Yeah, why not, eh? Why, why not, not, eh? Yeah. Uh, so there you have it. Six teams, six schedules, very different approaches to the 2022-2023 curling season. Scott, are you... More excited now that we have these schedules. We've talked about what teams are going to be doing. Uh, it's it's up and running. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I am a little more excited now seeing like, okay, uh, which events are coming up this weekend? What can I watch on YouTube? What's going to be uh, going on? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, this has really helped me get a little more amped for, for the season. Excited to see all these new teams too. Like, uh, yeah. and it's not just the same old that we're, we've gotten used to. Uh, by... 2025 will be bored and not wanting to watch these teams anymore. But uh, for now, like it's exciting and uh, see how, how the dynamics work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, of course, we didn't even touch on the mixed doubles schedule, a lot of events uh, and TV mm. events for there. If you count like CBC gem as TV, I'm not sure. Why not? Yeah, uh, I get that on my, uh, on my TV. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So a lot of uh, TV events uh, coming up uh, in addition to what we talked about. So yeah, just a, a bit of a glimpse into how teams are approaching this upcoming season. And of course we will be alongside for all of it with you. So if you have not yet, please do subscribe to the show, wherever you get your podcast, do likes, ratings, comments, all that stuff helps other people find us and keeps us growing as we head into the new quad for the podcast uh, you can of course always head over to gameofstonespod.com all the past episodes are available there plus a link to our merch all proceeds to the sandra schmirler foundation and food banks canada we of course match those and as we get into the colder weather those hoodies and toques a little more useful than they have been over the past few months so uh, head on over to gameofstonespod.com to check it all out and of course you can always let us know what you want to hear on the show gameofstonespodcast at gmail.com on twitter and instagram at gameofstonespod gameofstonespodcast on facebook so that'll do it for this week scott you are going to be traveling coming up how excited are you (laughs) i'm pretty excited pretty excited uh it's going to be a long trip, but uh, worth it in the end. I uh, got some business to take care of, and uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll, I'll enjoy while I can. But uh, it'll be busy. It's it's uh, become busy after Labor Day. Everything just gets busy, and I think, yeah. oh, 
boy, I could really use a vacation now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. you know, hey, I'll tell you, though, uh, as we record this, even though things are getting busier, people, hopefully things like back to school has gone well for everybody out there. Uh, today, as we record, this is World Fair Play Day. So, uh, you know, never forget to, to, you know, play fair, respect others. Scott, how, how do you uh, traditionally celebrate World Fair Play Day? Sean, I, I tend to celebrate privately. Uh, of course, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. No, no further questions. <laughs> so, uh, so happy World Fair Play Day to everybody out there. We'll be back with you again next week. But until then, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.